Today we discuss, can the vegans be stopped? Tim. So to start here, we're not, neither of us are here are, are vegans to start with. Um, and I hope, I hope the vegans can be stopped because I do eat meat and I do think it's, I do think it's good to eat meat or at least some amount of meat. Oh, and, and, and I do think the vegan movement is growing in the West, France, United States, Britain, Canada. Uh, I think the numbers are, are, are growing here. There is a sort of five-year mark on, uh, you see vegans after about five years, they do, they sort of drop off here. But of course, there are plenty of vegans that seem to, to stick around longer, whether they're lying or not, and actually secretly eating meat, um, and so to speak, cheating on meat is a good question here. But I hope I hope they can be stopped, but I do think their arguments are better than a lot of the people think they are. Um, and I think there's roughly three argu- three legs of their argument, which is roughly environment, um, animal rights, and nutrition. I'll start with the weakest and strongest one for their case, which is nutrition. Um, RV is veganism as healthy as a more balanced diet or a carnivorous diet? Well, I will say veganism is more healthy than like what going to eat McDonald's every day or KFC every day. I will say that um, it's more it's probably more healthy than just drinking soda all day. It, it there's plenty of things that veganism is more healthy than. I don't think it's if if if, if veganism requires you to like think about what you eat and take it take it seriously, you know. Um, then yes, I would say veganism is more healthy than a standard diet. But the question is, is a meat addition di- good diet better than a vegan diet? I think yes. And the carnivorous people are very strong on this. Like, the, like it seems like if you take take the worldview of evolution seriously or creationism and just use microevolution, it does basically the same work. Um, humans aren't pure herbivores um, and that meat-eating people look healthier. Again, it's, it's a lot of epidemiology, like the sort of nutritional science is sort of a bogus science in a sense. It's it's a very, a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff out there that who knows is the case. You know, there's no controlled thing. We're not locking people into rooms and only feeding them uh, lettuce or only feeding them red meat. If my guess is the people who only ate red meat would be much better off than the people who only ate um, plant foods. We ha- we don't really have those controlled experiments. So that's nutrition. I think I I, I personally do think meat is um, and I the the carnivorous science people. There are people with PhDs. You can find Dr. Sean Baker. There's another one who are quote unquote doctors. So trust the experts. Um, LOL. Um, except the experts at Pfizer. But um um, the left loves big corporations. Um, but uh, um yeah. So so. There are there are doctors who say vegan uh, carnivorous diets are perfectly fine. So that's that. I don't know. I so so I'd say it's a push. If anything, it favors. If anything, it favors just eating smart than eating stupidly. So that that's that's the first thing. And if veganism is just making you eat a little better, then maybe it's a little better. Who knows? So the next thing is the the, the environment. I don't whether climate change is existing or not. I don't know. Um, I read Alex Epstein's book, Moral Case for Fossil Fuels. Fossil fuels have helped the earth. My the, the guy at the Soho Forum would argue that climate that the, the, the warming happened before that the planet's always been changing most of their predictions are wrong um, so that as far as that is concerned and if it is happening I'll go full John Gray and say whatever we do at this point it's probably done you know the, the if, if, he's, if putting co2 in the atmosphere is bad we probably put tons of it in there anyway or we didn't and the you know volcanoes in the sea puts more in it but I won't make any particular claims because you know, I don't really want a fact check run on me by some institution which hates fossil fuels, the fact checkers. So as far as that, I don't care about the environment, but in that sense, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to go pollute 
he purposely pollutes something. But the environment thing, I don't know. But it is the case that animals probably do require more energy than, 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 than food things. But, you know, what's wrong with requiring more energy? We have lots of energy. We've never run out of a non-renewable resource. So, so there is this sort of a side argument, the environmental argument here. Um, and the, so I'll sort of just dismiss that to one side here. I, you know, it's, it's not really an argument either way. And actually the conservative vegans, yes, there are quote unquote conservative or traditional vegans, um, will we'll, we'll dismiss that. And then we'll go to the third one, which is the animal rights. And I think this is a strong case because what they'll do is they'll show fictor, pictures of factory farming or, and they'll show this and they'll make it look and they'll rely on the emotive case about it. They'll say, ooh, yuck, it looks terrible. Um, who can support that? Well, I, a while back, Keith Preston and Todd Lewis did a thing on can veganism be refuted. And one of the things Keith Preston later on in the episode pointed out was that Keith Preston attacked the system. He's a pan-anarchist. One of the things that Keith Preston pointed out was later on was that back in the 1900s, when someone like Upton Sinclair wrote a book about the meatpacking industry, he wasn't really concerned about the cows or the pigs. He was concerned about the workers working on the cows and the pigs. So Keith's insight was that, you know, veganism is a very modern or postmodern um, thing. You know, it's not... It's not, it's not something that, it, it's a fairly new concern. Because animals used to be worked in mines. They used to be pull people's weight around. They were the primary focus. I mean, this is why fossil fuels are useful. Um, this is why fossil fuels are useful. Because, you know, we don't have to use animal power anymore. Uh, so, so, so in terms of, like, eating animals, like, like, like we've used to use animals for all sorts of things. And actually, in the, in the a non-developed and undeveloping world, we still do. So, 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 well, let's, so now we move the animal rights case properly, which is like, and this is what they call the name the trait argument. Um, now, the the argument is roughly like humans have moral value. There's no difference between humans and animals. Okay, this is, now you you could laugh at it or you could say it's great. Um, Todd Lewis would, and had someone on it, should have had a debate on it, and I think this did very good. And therefore, we should, therefore, we should treat animals the same way we treat um, humans by not murdering. So anything that you think is wrong due to human, you think is wrong to do an animal. That's what the vegan case is. Now the question is on burnings of proof. So, so I think the best argument is to say, well, it hasn't been demonstrated animals and humans are alike. Uh, now there's some ways out of this. You can say nihilism that no one has rights. Um, and interestingly enough, vegans tend not to be the Christian vegans are going to be the, the most difficult ones to go after. But most vegans aren't Christians, so that's not really a problem here, or theists, generally. Um, 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 so you have to say, like, well, if humans have rights, or hu- it's, it's, it's immoral to kill a human, if that's why is it immoral to kill the human? You know, you know. so, like, one thing is, you could say it's just, it's just, you know, it's, it, it, it's just anything goes, so to speak, to, to speak, to speak glibly here. And vegans sort of get annoyed at this tract here, and you say, well, that's not a livable society. Do you want to live in that society? And I and I still think the carnivorous and the meat-eating people do need to address, to at least make a claim against it. Now, one of the things that the people who want to eat meat did, and this is what Todd Lewis did, and he did very well in this debate, and other, as well as other carnivore or you know omnivore advocates, to be precise here, is to say, well, why not plants? So if you want to say like, like consciousness, you know, or feeling pain. It seems like plants feel pain. Now, this is a reductio absurdum. If plants can feel pain, 
um, and we kill plants. What's like we kill plants, we kill animals. What's the difference here? We're causing harm anyway. Um, um, so you're just picking which thing do you want to harm. And actually, what you're actually doing is just privileging animal sentience or consciousness over plant consciousness because you do claim that we need to eat here. Um, that's like one of the things that uh, uh, the vegans are doing here. They're trying to make a, an anti-harm case. So, so to, to like, why, why are you privileging um, animal harm over plant harm? You know, so like in this sort of anti-harmist case, which is the, what their case are doing, this kind of utilitarian um, cutting down the amount of harm do you divide up into like harm utiles? You could just say that, well, you know, you're not really doing that. You know, you're killing a bunch of uh, broccoli. Um, the broccoli would, or whatever, probably feels pain by the same standard you're using to say animals feel pain. Animals don't tell us we're feeling pain. But then the vegans say, well, look in their eyes. Okay, well, now you're privileging looking into someone's eyes um, um, and so forth here. So, so, so. The emotive case in favor of veganism against, like, factory farming is stronger than you... Th well, it's, it's, it, it could be persuasive if you're interested in animals. Interestingly enough, I don't, I don't own pets. I, you know, and actually good vegans are, are going after pet ownership in general, too, and zoos, which is great. I, mean, I never really like zoos either because I don't really like animals that much. Um, um, so, so, you know, if, if using animals for an end, which is your own, like objectifying animals, pet ownership also by that standard, which is commonly appealed to. So I like, I think it's irrational that people don't eat dogs, yet eat chickens or cows. Um, um, like I, if you want to really push me, I think it's irrational um, by that standard. Like I, I've, I've, if they were on the menu, I'd order them. I'm sorry. That's going to offend a lot of people here. But, but then in that sense, you're taking the vegan logic seriously. Uh, uh, if you don't think that um, now, if, now eating your dog that's a different thing. Like that, it's like it's like if I destroyed your house, not house, you know, or destroyed your piece of property, um, you know. Um, so, so there is a persuasive emotive argument. How do we? How do we? How do we attack against this? Because I like you now. First of all, you can say what well, the benefits of humans get from eating. Another claim is you can say the benefits of humans, the utiles or the health utiles human gets from eating meat is is large enough that it 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 it, it totally cancels out the factory farming. Um, and, and one of our alternate titles, which sounds crazy, but it could be the case, is Do the Vegans Require the U.S. Navy? Because as Keith Preston brought up in that interview, he brought up Ted Kaczynski. And we recently brought up Ted Kaczynski. And one of the things, as veganism is a very modern thing, the ability to eat fruits and vegetables year-round is only really a creation of modernity. So like, like, like the idea you can go to a supermarket and get oranges or get fruit because frugivores will be the most consistent only eating the things which plants want you to eat. Um, not the, you know, like that would be the most consistent there. Um, um, that requires a certain degree of like um, technology, uh, uh, trade, and various other things that don't just grow on trees here. Um, so, so I, I'm not, I'm not sure. Now, now, our title was "Can Vegans Be Stopped?" I think they will be stopped to some degree, um, because I think I think people will want to eat meat. Enough people, there's enough tyranny of them, as Nassim Taleb would call. Vegans are could be a tyrannical minority, but I think there's also be a meat-eating tyrannical minority which will protect the right of eating meat here. But I do think they're going to make inroads. Um, I do think it's a fight that's 
up ahead of us. And if you, if you take, and the, and the vegans view themselves in the tradition of feminism. They view them in the tradition of gay rights. Um, they're just expanding it to animals. That that's how they view themselves. Um, so so I do think some case has to be made against them. Um, and that that would be my, that would be my starting point. But then, what do you make of my overview? The vegan arguments. It is growing. I think the number of people in Britain, United States, Canada, who are part-time vegans or full-time vegetarians, something like that, are growing. What do you make of my case? What do you make of like the various pieces of points I brought up? I think you're correct that the there are generally three arguments for um, for veganism, and I and I do think it is, it is growing. So. Uh, let me respond to the vegan arguments in uh, reverse order. So start with what you might think is the strongest one, which is the um, sort of like the vegetarian argument, really, uh, which is just taking a little bit further, um, which is, um, you know, animals feel pain, pain is bad, therefore we should um, um, should stop hurting animals, is essentially uh, the claim. Um the problem is, as you pointed out, whilst it's not the case that um, the, uh, the plants have the appropriate nervous system to probably feel pain and be conscious in the way in which, I mean, a- animals seem to have a certain level of consciousness. Um, they're aware of their own existence, uh, which seem plants don't seem to have. Uh, and so, and they don't seem to have the sort of same uh, nervous systems have pain, but they, they still do recognize their environment. Uh, in a certain ways. I mean, the Venus flytrap is a good example of that. Um, and um, they do seem to exhibit something you could call pain-like responses or distress of some description. Now, obviously, this is highly anthropomorphized, but, you know, it, it, it is some something similar to that. And the question is, well, is that bad? I mean, well, this is the, this is the whole crux of the um, sort of animal rights position, is... Um, is that, well, you can't do anything which is good for everybody. I mean, if I cut the tree down so I can protect an animal from um, another animal that could um, could kill it, then that's going to be bad for the tree. I mean, there's loads of the trees, vegetables, you know, if I pull a plant out of the ground, that's bad for the plant because the plant dies. As you said, the frugivores are the only ones, or the fruitarians are the only ones who have made it consistent here. Um, you, what is good for something is determined by the nature of that thing, and everywhere and always you're going to do, you're going to be acting against the interests of some things. I mean, the, the best example is like bacteria. It's like, oh no, the black death, we can't kill it because black death is alive and it's a thing, and so we should keep it alive. It's like, well, what if it's killing us? Um, so the idea that, um, you know, we should just respect life per se seems to make little sense. You could then say, well, what we care about is pain. But then the question is, well, why pick out pain? Pain seems to be somewhat arbitrary as to something to complain about. Um, because um, because it's just a part of general flourishing of a, of, a, of, of beings, uh, why, why prioritize it over anything else? Um, you know, why prioritize pain over maybe restriction of movement to some extent, which would inhibit its flourishing, but not necessarily be painful. 
in some ways. Also, as well, even if you did, just did focus on pain, um, well, I'm pretty sure there's relatively painless ways of killing animals. And if pain is the only problem, assuming that there would be a perfect, perfectly like painless way of like, or, or, or like a trivial amount of pain so you could kill the animal, then the question is, well, why would that even be bad on the pain um, sort of thresh, uh, sort of pain barometer? Um, so I think the pain is essentially an, a, a, an arbitrary category. And that's not to say that pain doesn't matter per se, because it does seem to be the case that what you could refer to like higher level animals or animals over plants, it would seem to be, or put it this way, it, it would seem that you couldn't torture a tree, but you could torture a dog. I mean, that would seem to be a, a reasonable distinction. That you, you couldn't say that you could torture a tree. So there seems to be a difference in certain respects. Um, as um, Aristotle would, would would say, I think the easiest way to distinguish animals and humans is, is the use of reason. Um, now, why does reason matter? Well, reason matters because... You can only really be a moral agent if you have reason, because what does it mean to um, to, to to have a, like a moral actions? As is quoting um, David Oderberg, knowledge and action are the essential objects of ethics. What the person what the person wants to be moral or act morally has to aim at. So it's only only beings that have sort of rational function can reflect on their ends and then try to figure out how to achieve them. Um, now, since animals don't have that, have those fun those functions, they're not part of the moral community, and so therefore, um, it's not therefore immoral to um, to eat them because it's not in immoral in that sense because then you can't, as it were. Well, that's not so you can't act immorally against somebody who is not a moral agent, but it's clear that animals are therefore not moral agents uh, in that sense. Um, now, some people have claimed, well, you know, uh, oh, no, but animals have language. Uh, now, this is Nick from Ed Faser quoting Karl Popper. Karl Popper distinguished four types of language. Uh, one, the expressive function, which involves the outward expression of the inner state. The signaling function, which adds to the expressive function, the generation of a reaction in others. The descriptive function, which involves the statement of a complete thought of the sort that might be expressed in a declarative sentence. And finally, the argumentative function, which involves the statement of an inference from one thought to another. Now, you can plausibly make an argument that the expressive function, the signaling function, animals have. You know, dogs, they signal pain or whatever, the signaling function of barking or whatever, that's fine. But they don't, there's no sort of clear evidence that they have either a descriptive function to complete thought or that they can infer things and so from that basis they don't have re reason um, if there were evidence to come to light that they did have those sorts of functions then maybe you could reassess the situation but in absence of that evidence which th there seems not to be any substantial evidence that animals are um are essentially ir irrational in the relevant sense they're not moral agents and so therefore they don't have rights Consequently, the the view that the, the vegan takes that really humans and animals are essentially the same is false. And there is a categorical difference between humans and animals and humans are moral agents, animals aren't. And therefore, humans need to be privileged over animals. Now, that doesn't say, say doesn't follow from that, that there is no sort of obligation that you could argue humans have to animals. But then they don't that they are not moral agents and you can't use sort of like the rights argument as to why they shouldn't be eaten. Um in that sense. 
Um, taking on to the environmental one, as you raised, um, whilst it might, it's really not obvious whether or not it's good for the environment. Well, for one thing is, as I mentioned before, there's no one thing that is good for the environment because the environment doesn't exist as a whole system. Well, it exists as a whole system, but essentially it's an existence, an exist, uh, essentially it's something that consists of lots of competing interests. That is the interest of the tree, the bacteria or whatever. So it's not immediately obvious what is good for the environment. Now, what really are people, I think, are thinking about when say it's good for the environment is ultimately, is it good for humans? And then it's like, well, then you're going to get into the health questions and then you're going on to overall sort of um, standard of living arguments. So it's not immediately obvious. And also, animals can eat things that humans can't eat. Um, and so they can take in calories that humans can't take in and they convert them to things that humans can eat. And also humans in general can digest uh, animal uh, proteins and things more easily than they and things than they can from plants because it's basically more similar physiologically. Um, so the environmental argument is really pushed into really with the health argument and the overall standard of living one, because there is nothing that is good for the environment per se. You can say things are good for bacteria, they're good for certain plants, they're good for certain animals. Oh, and one last thing. Um, the fact that humans eat animals is good for animals, to, for, well, some animals, because they live in large numbers and they have a relatively more pleasant life than they will before they're killed than they otherwise would. I mean, this is what annoys me about the vegans. It's like, look at what nature is like. Nature is plant, animals eating other animals, and then somehow humans eating animals is bad. It's like, I thought we were just supposed to be part of the ecosystem, but then we kind of treated as some sort of like quasi um, sort of angelic beings who should be above nature, even though, as you pointed out, most of the vegans are atheists. Um, so um, I would say that eating meat is actually good for animals up until the point they're eaten, but we shouldn't ignore that. The sheep might be living and flourishing as a sheep better because we farm farm them and eventually eat them than we otherwise would would do if um, we just thought, well, sheep is kind of annoying and in the way and eat stuff that we were trying to grow. Would you know the sheep are trying to eat, eat the broccoli? We've got to kill the sheep to get rid of them. Um, so, on all three counts, I think the vegans are wrong. So I'll start here with picking up where you left off about animals being in the ecosystem. It's been found that like if you don't get rid of if you kill off the sharks from the whales, certain things about the lower parts of the food ecosystem, the natural ecosystem will go awry because the top predators consume large amounts of the other predators, and so to speak. So, so some amount of killing seems to be necessary here. In certain parts of the United States, I assume elsewhere, certain deer, like deer, for example, are overgrown and they'll, they'll eat out. Like if you just let, let the deer populations run amok, um, you'd probably, you know, eat all the bushes out or something like that, and they would die. So, like, you know, the deer would go to death here. So, and as far as, like, hunter-gatherers are concerned, because I think there's a sort of primitivist stance within vegans, as mainstream anthropologists and natural historians will argue, again, you can dispute this if you want, but they would say that they hunted to extinction large amounts of the megafauna. So, you know, this is where humans sort of seem to be historically carnivorous here because that's the only food that was available year-round at all times 
you know, like there's no food available in the north. You can't grow an orange or anything in, in like northern Sweden or northern Siberia or Alaska or the southern, southern hemisphere as well during the winter. So, you know, humans would just hunt the large prey, the, 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 the protein would grow our brains here and so forth here. So, so, so there's that here. So it seems like eating some amount, if you don't eat certain, like certain population will just run amok here. If you don't, you know, cull, to speak, certain amounts of them. So why not eat them too? Uh, uh, so I'll do the defending the undefendable tech here. And that's the thing that Todd Lewis in his debate didn't do. And he conceded to them. And I'm going to do it because I think, I think if you're going to make a pro-human case, you should have to do it here. And that's the case for factory farming here. Now, as I say, there's an emotive case against it. Watch the videos of it. I, I think your case here that animals would live a good life in there. Well, they probably wouldn't exist here. It's not it's not clear that keeping like a pig in a cage, the pig's living a particularly. So I do, I'll do, I'll, maybe I'll grant them that. Okay, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. The people eating that meat, okay, or drinking that milk, in theory, now again, all modern diets seem to be somewhat bad here, but you could probably blame the FDA. You could probably blame the food pyramid. You could probably blame the, the corn lobby. I don't like the corn lobby either. Um, um, so I don't like the soy lobby either here in the United States. You know, screw FDR's New Deal. Um, screw Agriculture Protection Acts um, and to some extent. Um, but also, you know, screw environmental acts that make it harder for farmers to do things too. So, like, you have to you have to go all the way here. Um, um, so, so... So, so if, if humans can get for, if humans can, via labor time, we just did an ep- episode on exploitation here, via labor time or capital, if humans can get more utiles of enjoyment, not that I think that utiles of enjoyment is a real thing here, out of, um, out of, um, um, you know, growing a pig in a, in, in a basically a factory farm and eating it. Then the case can be made. It's 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 kind of similar to the pro-choice abortion argument, insofar as like, well, you know that the benefit of the woman killing the child over the benefit of of the, the child's rights here. Now, I'm I'm more agnostic than a lot of the 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 on this question here, and I do think there is a sort of parallel here. Here, now you could say, well, the fetus is a, has a potentiality to be human and a potentiality to be reason animal doesn't have the potentiality of reason. That's sort of in the side here. But I do I do think that like the, if you're gonna go full utilitarian here, you get into these weird things. Like John Gray once had John Gray is sort of like this sort of philosopher of some variety here. It's hard he's hard to categorize here. Um, and he said like like if you could if you you know let's say headaches are a point oh one I get headaches from time to time. And let's say we'll think of a hypothetical let's say we, we experiment on a thousand people brutal experiments on giving them headaches and seeing if, how to find a cure for headaches, okay? Um, and so, would you do this example? And if we could, and all the utiles of those people um, getting out of the headaches, uh, would would that, would, would the, the, the harm done to the people having the experiments done outweigh all the benefits of the people having, you know, no headaches? Well, that's, that's a sort of strange calculus here, here, but like, in the, in these cases, it's just not entirely clear. I say that a lot here on this show, but it's not entirely clear which way is the the, the more pertinent way. And I'm going to go back to the claim that vegans still kill plants. 
By many of the traits that vegans name about animals are also true of plants. So eventually humans have to kill something to live. Whether it be plants, whether it be microbes, whether it be bugs, um, whether it be um, tissue. Because if you're just going to say tissue, because tissue seems to be alive too, uh, in, in some sense. So if you're just going to grow tissue on a stick, so to speak, you're still seeming to kill something here. So I think there's a lot of anti-humanism at work within within the vegan movement. They don't like humans. Um, they're all they're hap- Most of them do happen to be pro-choice, by the way, when it comes to those globs of cells that feel... Uh, that seem to feel pain um, here. So, so they do don't. Oh, and, and Peter Singer, who's who himself isn't a vegan, is thinks there is a case for animal rights, but not necessarily um, um, infants or fetuses, whatever you want to say here. So, so there's the reductive absurdium problem, there, and we just seem to have to. We humans take up space, and I do think we should privilege humans here. I'm not an ant. Even though I don't call myself an anti-humanist, I would say a lot of the sort of humanists end up with anti-humanist positions by default here. Forcing everyone to become vegan, um, this is another thing here where um, it sort of mirrors like, let's say, some other... If you want to say eating eating animal meat is a vice, so let's say it's not morally preferable. Well, you do have the problem of forcing everyone else to follow your commands here. And that's another particularly pesky, pesky issue for vegans here. It's fine and good if they want to be vegans, but they want to, um, and they as in vegans, in theory want to make it illegal here. Because if you say it's murder, you want to imply that people killing animals is also murder, um, um, and so forth. So, so I, and then you have to, then you have to sort of enforce your will upon everyone else. And again, it's probably the state here. So some. Anarchist libertarians will try to make the case that the, the if the NAP is true or libertarian anarchism is true, um, therefore you should be vegans here. And the reason is they're rights-bearing creatures and you're going after them. Well, you haven't demonstrated they're rights-bearing creatures. And it seems like you have to kill something that's alive for you yourself to continue living. So maybe the real position is either breatharians, or I think that's what the term, or suicide. That's the real position you have, like, which is like, you know, if, as you were stating, there's no such thing that's good for everybody here. The anti-harmism eventually reaches an end where it seems like some amount of harm is baked in to living. That would be my, that would be my point. So what do you make of that claim here? What do you make of the anti-humanism that seems to exist implicitly or sometimes explicitly in uh, vegan arguments? Like, people get enjoyment out of eating meat. It seems like the carnivorous people, like there's these giant bodybuilders who seem like in peak physical conditions. Yes, you can find vegan super athletes. I'm not denying that. But you can also find carnivorous athletes. And I, I think those people, who did, if they just ate vegan diets, would actually be unhealthy here. Um, so they might not exist here. It could be that human health is just heterogeneity and that different segments of the population throughout the world have different nutritional needs. Um, so, so I do think there's nothing to, there's nothing to help. There's no public good that's good for everyone. You know, what's good for the tigers is not good for the zebras. Um, so, Swithin, what do you make of the anti-humanism? I think the anti-humanism is clearly there. Um, this is true of sort of the environmental cultists. Um, I think it was Bill McKibben, but I could be re- misremembering this. He, or, or at least other environmentalists have basically likened humans to a virus. 
and we've we've done all this harm to to the world and basically the world would be better off without us um what um so because because what you could say is um you know with vegan diets you know what you need is you need um massive uh, to, to to allow them you you need sort of like industrial farming these massive um um, wheat being grown and it being able to be exported from places like Russia, Ukraine, and Argentina, the three large think exporters of grain in the world. Uh, so we can do all these lovely sort of whole grain things uh, from them. Um, but I mean, the, the, then the vegans would come up with the claim that, well, and I think a lot of the true of a lot of environmentalists, what they're really interested in is population reduction. Um, they think, well, what well, humans have too much of an impact on the environment as a whole. And so, yes, whilst what you're saying is true, I mean, what we really need to do is to engage in voluntary, um, or not voluntary, population reduction so that then we can have this small-scale human community living in harmony with nature, eating a vegan diet. I think that's what some of them might actually end up saying. So effectively, they end up being primitivists. Of some some variety, or at least um, pre-industrialists. I mean, um, uh, Ted Kaczynski, I think, similar to Todd Lewis, would be go well. You know, the pre-industrial period was okay. You know, that's probably the best we can get to without sort of technology taking over and being our master. Um, so that's one aspect of veganism. Oh, also, as well, you mentioned sort of like uh, Sweden and stuff. Uh, what's interesting is. Um, that uh, and they'll hate this being pointed out to them most vegans i know of or have ever come across have always been white and if you look at uh, certain societies in the world which eat almost entirely meat they aren't white they're the eskimo and they are various sort of like african tribes like the maasai uh, who eat just of exclusively um meat um, it, it's only the uh, industrialized West which can eat grains in such a great ver uh, quantity because of industrial farming. Um, so there's very much a sort of um, evangelicalism or sort of, you could say, cultural and uh, gastronomic imperialism, um, which I, I'm, I'm sure somebody's written a paper on gastronomic imperialism. Uh, they like doing strange words like that together. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's again, sort of like the sort of native um, way of life. Um, so, uh, oh, and also just remember, um, on factory farming, yeah, I think you can make the claim, yeah, I mean, factory farming isn't necessarily that good for um, for animals, and that's, that's probably true. That said, as you point out with headaches, if it allows humans to live better and healthier lives, I mean, well, is that really a problem? I mean, I might tend to think this issue, uh, the answer is no. Um, you could then say, well, is it possible to make their welfare slightly better without reducing human standard of living by that much? And in that case, you know, would it be worthwhile? I mean, well, maybe. Um, but I mean, this is going to be something that needs to be dealt with on an individual basis. And it's not going to be something that needs to be legislated. I mean, I'm, I'm open to the idea of like animal cruelty laws, but uh, to, uh, to some extent, uh, like, you know, you, as you say, like you, you in principle could torture a cow um, in certain circumstances. Um, now, obviously, if it's like medical purposes, then it wouldn't really, well, it might be torture, but it, you could argue has some justification. 
So I, I'm not entirely opposed to anything like animal welfare things, but um, if there's an obvious human benefit from eating meat, which I think a lot of the vegetarians, especially the vegans, have sort of said, no, 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 there isn't. It's terrible, which it seems pretty clear that they're, they're wrong. I mean, it seems obvious that many uh, humans have lived on animal products and meat and, and um, fish and things for thousands of years. And that's a source of lots of um, calories. And, and, you know, if you look at like the, you call them the primitive tribes like the Maasai, I mean, they're very healthy. Look at their metrics. You know, they, 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 they live well. I mean, disease will kill them because of modern medicine. But I mean, as they're alive in general, you know, they'll be in good nick. Um, and so, as I say, I, I, I think, yes, some welfare standards could be, could, could, could be there. But I mean, humans matter more. And so, you, so you'd have to deal with them on an individual basis. But I would just say as well, though, is not all farming is factory farming. I mean, you literally go around the country in England and you see cows outside. I mean, like, those cows are happy. They're protected from predators. They're not going to get killed by foxes. I don't know if foxes kill them. But, you know, other things that would kill um, kill um, cows or whatever, they're protected. They've got lots of nice grass. You know, they're living, a, they're living their best life, uh, to use a terrible modern... Uh, term, um, so th th that that'd be how I'd um, deal with those um, arguments. I do think vegans' are, mode of argument about factory farming is one of the strongest here. There's point, ooh yuck, this looks terrible here. I think the only pushback is say, well, the human benefits from it outweigh the human benefits of eating meat cheaply um, outweigh. Uh, you know, so you actually need more. So maybe, maybe you could have more fossil fuels and more free energy or cheap energy. And then, then we could get to a position where we could farm ethically. So, you know, forget, so actually drill, should drill more oil, have more nuclear, uh, uh, fuel. So then we could all uh, grow, we could all, then all the meat eaters could eat quote unquote ethically sourced grass fed beef where cows get to live outside for portion of their life here and then you uh you know you give them like uh, some sort of anesthetic and then kill them here um um so that would be that would be that would be a sort of like a way out of this thing and that could very well happen here but only happens once humans have a certain level of wealth here so veganism as it currently stands really seems to be a very western wealthy educated phenomenon here um, as I stated, I do think the diet of many Americans is terrible here. And if you just switch to plant, if you switch to a vegan, well-made vegan diet, like you'd probably be more healthy here. But that's but that's that's like going from eating from the, the garbage can of like factory food to eating slightly better. But that's not, you know, eat, drinking Coca-Cola and eating rice all day is also vegan, but it'll probably make you a diabetic or a pre-diabetic fairly quickly here. So there's certain pushbacks that the carnivorous people and the omnivorous person, om, omnivore people do, and and as something that both sides don't really recognize here, um, is well the the carnivorous people do, but the f nutrition science seems like a lot of a lot of crockery in insofar as you don't lock people in rooms and feed them only what you say you feed them. So like the example of controlled, there's so many variables here. They can get a study to say almost anything here. This goes back to like one of the reasons why I'm an like an Austrian libertarian in some sense. You know, it's funny enough how you find these entails of all different things you don't think you would find them here. So when people say vegans are more healthier than such and such, you know, there's always other factors at play. 
you know, like, are they more healthier just genetically to begin with here? Or are they have a better environment to begin with? So I'm very suspicious. I'd be, to be consistent, I'd be suspicious about both sides, um, empirical data they'll throw out with respect to health here. Um, um, but I think as an, on an a priori level, it seems like humans have a need for meat, or at least some humans have a need for meat, unless you want to kill those some humans, because you can find the post-vegan horror stories about five, after about five years, a lot of people seem to get very sick from it. And, you know, they, a lot of the pro-vegan people on YouTube don't really show, don't really, they, don't, they sort of hide this here. Um, and But there is a growing ex-vegan movement. They're sort of like ex-atheists or ex-communists in that regard. They're some of the best tools, the most best uh, 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 things. So, so that really stands my... Th- sort of case against it. I think people should think about it because there is a phenomenon of street veganism here. And um, I think street street veganism here is a something that like you have to sort of you have to deal with because I, I oftentimes think I was once in Las Vegas and ran into a um a, a Calvinist preacher. I also ran into Mormon evangelical in the street. And sometimes I like to be introverted, sometimes I like to be extroverted here. But I don't know if I could beat up until now, I don't know if I could beat a street vegan um, here because they, they're going to rely on the emotive case about factory farming here, which on its face is it's going to be difficult to hear. It's going to be difficult. It, and that's what Todd Lewis was forced to do. I thought that he did very well here going through the logic of the case and name the trait here because any trait you name goes applies to plants too here. So you have to be against hurting plants too if you're going to be, if you pick a lot of traits that think. So reason might be your caveat here, but then the vegans would respond, well, plants, well, animals have some amount of reasoning. So like, what is reason here? You know, like apparently even things like octopuses and octopus and like, let alone crows and cows can do some form of cognitive reasoning here. And it's like, okay, well, well, you know, we're going to talk about higher reasoning here. So, you know, it seems like at some point you do privilege something that would cut out plants from your things, which is entirely arbitrary. Um, so, so, and not that I'm a plant rights advocate here, but I do think it's a, it's an interesting bedfellow is here that that in theory, plants rights advocatism and carnivorous people in theory could enjoy each other's companies here. Not that not that there's really a plants rights movement, but in theory, there ought to be here. And just as a final point here, I think I think consistency is useful here. It is like pet ownership. Like pet ownership, there's this guy Earthling Ed. He's gonna be—he's really—he—he's intelligent. I'll—I'll I'll give him that. But, and he's more consistent than a lot of vegans. He's against pet ownership because you're sort of objectifying animals. So, like, you know, if any vegan owns a pet, I would say therefore keeping a cat or a dog locked in your house or a small apartment all days is not much different than factory farming. Anyway, you're just sort of taking advantage. Of a, I mean, what we know about animal psychology, I think dogs just view humans as dogs. Um, so, like, what you're doing is faking um, um, things. So, like, there's things that, ve- you know, vegans should focus their own fire on their own sex here. So, like, I, I, I think the Paul Gottfried strategy is like, I think the frugivore line is pretty good. I think one of the ways you could go after them, the, the more extremist version, is just try to get them focused on their own sex here, um, their own, like, splinter groups here. Rather than taking out the whole argument to say, well, why not this? Why not you know? Why not focus on these? Why why do you still eat fruits or why do you have pets here, and get them to be more extreme here? But overall, the answer seems to be, if you want to cut down in factory farming, get cheaper energy. 
uh, if you have cheaper energy, uh, then we can um, then we can raise cattle and pigs ethically here, because and, and chickens more ethically here. Because like the problem with the Ted Kaczynski primitivist lines here is that in the you know just before the industrial age. As Matt Ridley was pointing out, we were cutting down all the forests of Europe and the United States. We were in the process of doing that. And as the naturalist would point out, we were in the process of killing all the megafauna. Um, we weren't very nice to animals. So, like, the primitive societies in places like Yellowstone, and in some sense, are a zoo. Uh, Yellowstone. Now, I'm not, I think you could have private state parks and private national parks, too. Um, and actually, as uh, there was a guy that would debated destiny on this topic here, and he was pointing out that, like, you know, you know, whether the EPA has the best interest in the environment is a good question here. Um, but, um, um, so yeah, cheaper energy leads could lead to, in theory, uh, better protection of animals. That would be some way out of it. But I do think at the end of the day, harmonism, harmonism is a morality. If morality exists, anti-harmonism is a very bizarre morality here, insofar as, like, it seems like some amount of harm is baked in the cake, and you just, you just, privileging certain kinds of harm over other kinds of harms for no for no clear reason here uh you know if, if it's if if killing something that's alive it's a, if any cell is alive then you know killing an amoeba is just as bad as killing a human or a cow well then you then then, then you don't really have a right to live in some sense so like you know if if, if vegans want to start um, if vegans think humans are virus, maybe they should start with themselves. <laughs> that would be my that would be my point. So, then, do you have any only final comment? That would be my main that would be my main comment here. I would agree rhetorically. That's what you need to to do is to push the envelope and say, well, why not this? Uh, because uh, ultimately, it, it is uh, self defeating. Um, when it comes to uh, diets and health and things, you are right. Maybe some of the um, some vegan things might be better than some current day American arguments, uh, sorry, diets. Um, but I think, um, whilst it's difficult to do some controlled trials when it comes to diet, uh, I believe some have, uh, been attempted. Um, and, um, also, uh, so like diabetic, uh, patients who have, um, gone on to sort of low carb diets. I mean, it's not that they've, they change and the, like their blood sugars and things change in like years. It's pretty darn quickly. Now, do they keep on it perfectly? Could it be something else? No, but I mean, again, these are somewhat um, anecdotal. I don't know of any, there could well be my, my knowledge of the um, sort of low carb science stuff is, is uh, limited, but growing. Um, but, but there does seem to be evidence that, you know, you change your diet, your self-report and you know, it makes a big difference. Uh, and I think those are more interesting than, well, look at the people who eat meat. Oh, they have heart disease. Oh no. It's like, yeah, but what else do they do? You don't know. Um, so, um, and, and also it does tend to be the case that sort of like the vegetarians and vegans are tend to be more health conscious in general. So they may exercise that a bit more and other things. So there's a lot of noise there. Um, and, and also when it comes to weight gain, um, as Ed, uh, sorry, not Ed, uh, Ivor Cummins points out, um, when farmers want uh, animals to uh, get fatter, uh, what they do is just feed them upon grain. Uh, the best example of this is it's called the Gavroche technique, I think, for goose. You just sort of basically force feed it loads and loads and loads of grain so that its liver expands massively. So we can kill it and eat it. 
because um, the goose liver is foie gras, uh, which is very tasty. Um, so I, I do think there are there, there is some progress that you can make when it comes to to diet, but the the vegan thing in general, you need to think of it on in sort of like quote unquote pro human terms, uh, which is not um, not done. Uh, really. And also as a rhetorical movement, I think pointing out that actually, you know, veganism is a product of white Western uh, industrial society would actually be quite a, um, a, a, a good move to make on these types of people. And finally, I would agree if we can get more energy and um, we can do other things more cheaply, like the whole cost of farming will go down. And so then people can get grass fed beef and things more easily. And so, you know, technology and more energy production is really the answer to get healthier humans and better lives for animals and with that i'd just like to thank everyone for listening if you enjoyed this podcast please share it with your friends and family and subscribe to us on podbean and on youtube the more subscribers we get the higher we get in the search rankings and the more people can access this material and if you'd like to contact the show for any reason at all please contact us at mindcryingthebitishow at gmail.com that's mindcryingthebitishow at gmail.com <laughs>